again, now under the old covenant, it was come to God here at the temple to take care of your spiritual problems. But under the new covenant, it's God came to you in Christ and took care of all your needs. That's a huge difference. Here's another one. Old covenant, God is there in that place. That's what Israel, they could see the pillar of fire at night and the cloud during the day. God is there. But under the new covenant, it's God is here. He now dwells inside of you. These are huge contrasts, right? It's no longer come and see. It's now to go and make disciples of Jesus. Take his life and image and glory out into the world and fill it all with him. And I really believe that part of the utter lack of discipleship that we see in the church today comes back to this reality that many or most are still living and leading their people primarily in light of the old covenant. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hey, good to be back. Good to have everybody listening with us today. Yeah. I don't know if you listen to this on Mondays. I mean, this thing drops. If you haven't subscribed through whatever you use, you know, like if you're on iTunes or stitcher or google play or whatever it is please please do that like subscribe and rate the show and that way you're not going to miss episodes right okay so we're gonna we're gonna get a little theological today aren't we well yes somewhat to it to get after this topic we need to yeah yeah and what we want to talk about today is like uh the, the topic is from attracting to deploying living in the new covenant and some people might be like what are we going to talk about yeah but on the surface Comparing and contrasting an attractional church to a sending church, attracting or deploying, it, it really seems largely pragmatic and more of an ecclesiological issue. Yeah. But it seems that there is, as always, the thing behind the thing when it comes to this, right? Yeah. And that's, you're picking up on that. That's why it's it's kind of a theological issue, you know? There's, if, if we're going to shift our churches from like attracting people, that's like our dominant goal, right. to thinking our dominant goal is deploying people? Well, that's a the, that's a theological issue, okay? Yeah. Like, are we living under the old covenant in Scripture, the one that originally God made with Abraham, or are we believing in living under the new covenant, the one that Jesus talked about at the Last Supper, hmm. right? And so the summary of the old covenant was, you know, God lists off all this stuff he's going to do for Abraham and his offspring. Sure. But... But the summary is kind of, and he says it later on, I will always be your God and you will always be my people. Hmm. And Israel could come to the tabernacle and then later to the temple, and that's where God dwelled, right? He was yeah. amongst his people. I will always be your God and you always be my people. And they could come there and you know, see that he was good and worthy of trust and who he says he is, he is. Oh, and by the way, leave your gifts and your sacrifices there with the professional priests you know, while you're at it, right? Yep. And so the the exposure they had and access to God was more of a come and see and do, yeah. but, but here it had to be at the tabernacle or had to be at the temple, right? But the new covenant in Jesus' blood is, I am still your God, okay? Mm -hmm. But now through my life, death, and resurrection, I am enabling you to, to completely live as my people. So now go and make and be. Hmm. 
right? Yeah. Go and make and be my disciples and take my life everywhere. Okay. So the old covenant was kind of come and see and do it all here. Yeah. The new covenant is now go and make and be my disciples and take my life, Jesus says, everywhere you go. Now, those are huge differences. And that's a theological understanding, right? Yeah. It really is. We came uh, screaming out of the gate. I mean, we're not even four minutes into the show and we're already going deep. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty big statement right out yeah. of the box. And I'm wondering if you can like contrast some of the differences, the, the main key differences that you see between how God's family, who is now us, yep, that's us, interacted with God in light of the old covenant versus the new covenant. Yeah. Under the old covenant, it was come to God here at the temple to take care of your spiritual problems. But under the new covenant, it's God came to you, right, in Christ and took care of all your needs. That's a huge difference. Here's another one. Old covenant, God is there in that place. That's what Israel, they could see the pillar of fire at night and the cloud during the day. God is there. But under the new covenant, it's God is here. He now dwells inside of you. These are huge contrasts, right? It's no longer come and see. It's now to go and make disciples of Jesus. Take his life and image and glory out into the world and fill it all with him. And I really believe that part of the utter lack of discipleship that we see in the church today comes back to this reality that many or most are still living and leading their people primarily in light of the old covenant. I think you're absolutely right, man. I, I know the churches I've worked in, that was the main philosophy. It's not teach people to go and make, get them here into the building, come and see. And, I, and I'm wondering too, if when we really grasp the immensity of truly embracing and living in light of this new covenant, that this really starts to speak into our identity and the focus of our life, being his life now lived everywhere, every day. Exactly. Exactly. It really does speak to our identity, doesn't it? Do we... Is it our life that we have to go somewhere and sort of, you know, let the pros do it and, and that's where God hangs out? Or is it his life now lived out within us and through us? Yeah. Okay. And so um, this is big and, and I don't want people to miss it. I, it's, it's, I'm not, this is not semantical difference. This is a huge difference. And I think it's, it's very much evidenced by the way we talk the way we, what we proclaim that we think the gospel is, the things that we're sending our folks back home after Sunday morning to do, all of that. I really yeah. do. You know, I'm wondering, as you're talking there, like what are some of the maybe other evidences that churches or leaders or even just us as Christians may still be living with the notion that we're still under that old covenant? Yeah, well, here's one. <laughs> when, when we see and say things like, I'm just a saved sinner, you know, it's probably, I think there's mm. even bumper stickers for that. Yeah then we're not believing our true identity and what God now says is true of us under the new covenant, right? Because yeah. Jesus says, you are now mine. It is finished. Your sin has been forgiven. It's put away as far as the East is from the West. Like, you know, go and make, I'm always going to be with you. I will ne never leave you nor forsake you. And so when we just sort of still say things like, and view ourselves as, well, I'm just a wretched saved sinner, yeah. you got to remember that that's not how God sees us anymore. When he says that you, your sins have been paid for and it is finished and your sins are removed from as far as the East is from the West, God's like not looking at us as someone that like used to fill in the blank, used mm -hmm. to do this. He's looking at us as his dearly beloved kids who he's with and dwelled in, Paul called it the mystery revealed, right? Yeah. And now filling the world with. 
That's huge, man. That's massive. That's huge. And, you know, depending on your church or your upbringing, that, you know, some people are just, yeah, I'm just a saved sinner. And so your dominant understanding of who you are is a sinner, and you're just trying to wait to get the heck out of here. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah, like when you die, then you're finally complete. Yeah, I guess so. And it's real mysterious. Yeah. Here's another. Some Christians focus heavily, kind of goes into what what you were just saying. Some Christians focus heavily on waiting for Jesus' earthly return. Hmm. And and I, for one, I can't wait to meet Jesus face to face. Yeah. Right. It's gonna be awesome. But some churches preach and live like they are still under the old covenant and waiting for the Messiah to come hmm. like first time, right? Waiting to be saved and released from Roman rule. Yeah. Except now it's waiting to escape this world, right? Because it's just so bad. And hmm. of course, the gospel can't transform all things, even though the Bible says and the new covenant promises that. But if we're living under the new covenant, we grasp the truth of our true identity, like yeah. we just said, but also our authority and our privilege here and now. Yeah. Sent to fill the world, this world, here, now, with God's glory, what he's like. Yeah. That's who we are and how we now get to live. So it's not this, like, I'm just waiting around. And there again, you hear it, and there are whole strains of Christianity where their whole thing is like, we just can't wait for Jesus to get back. Yeah. Just can't wait. Now, yes, sure. but if if we hate our lives so bad and don't believe what God says is now true of us, we discount the cross almost completely and our whole heavenly focus and waiting for God to come and beat up on everybody who doesn't say the prayer or whatever. (laughs) That's that's just not, that's what Israel thought God was going to come do. Yeah, exactly. That's living under the old covenant still. Man, that's good. All right, give give us another example. Okay. There's so many, okay? Too many to cover in one episode, but here's another big one. Under the old covenant, there was a very limited and exclusively allowed priesthood right? The Levites, yep. one of the tribes of Israel, they were the professional priests of Israel and they did all the maintenance of the tabernacle. And then later on the temple, they were really the only ones who could. And they were in charge of collecting tithes and doing all the sacrificial system, all the sacrifices. And they were the ones closest to God and only the high priest. So one, once a year had immediate and direct access to the presence of God. Hmm. Now today we still see such a lack under this new covenant that's reality of an active priesthood of all believers. There's still this very small proportion of professional saints that do most, if if not really all, except for maybe some ushering here and there, <laughs> of yeah. the spiritual business and work within the church. That's Old Covenant, hmm. right? That's Old Covenant. We all now, for one, have access directly with the Father at all times. Yeah. You know, and I and I hear it, man, I, and I hear it, and you're professional worship leader. I used to lead worship, not professionally, but then I produced Christian music and worship music and all that. And you hear it all the time where even in our songs, it's like, God, come and fill this place. It's like he's there. Because otherwise we can't meet you. Yeah. Holy Spirit, we invite you here. Right. No, he's here. He's here. (laughs) He lives within us. And guess what? You have full-time access now. You don't have to go through a priest. I can remember as a kid, I was was raised Protestant, but I went to a Catholic school growing up. Oh. And I can remember one time getting myself in trouble in religion class. I was about second grade. Okay. I think it was second grade. It's kind of etched in my little soul here. Yeah. And I said, I raised my hand because they were explaining that if you wanted to talk to God, you had to come and talk to Father, I don't know, whoever, Stanley or whatever his name sure. was, right? And um, and then you could tell him, you know, stuff and then and, and then, I mean have a confessional. You can if it's really bad, you want to do that in secret. Sure. But then he'll talk to God for you. And I remember raising my head, even as a second, you know, like second you know, grade, going, I talk to God every day. Like I pray in the morning. I pray before I go to bed. I talk to him. Why do I have to go and talk to somebody else? Why can't I just keep yeah. talking to him directly? Literally, I remember I remember the, the, the nun saying, shut up, Kalinowski. You know, that's how it is, <laughs> you know? 
But I think Don't we question. still, I think people still feel that. Yeah. I'm not beating up on Catholics or anything, but I think some people still feel like my, my, to get close to God, I got to go to that church building. Yeah. And I've been doing it my whole life. And so I hate to switch. I don't want to switch churches because, you know, I, I might not meet them the same. Yeah. You know, that smell will be different or the organ tone or something like that. So that's one. Okay. Yeah. But there's the other thing is not only do you have access, but we, we are the priesthood of the saints now. Okay. Mm. In the new covenant, you know, Jesus has already fulfilled the highest priestly duties. His life, death, blood, and resurrection keep both sides of the agreement. Sure. Right? I, I am still your God, but now I've enabled you to be my people. But we are God's fully redeemed ones, his dearly loved kids who can come and be with him. But we are all sent out now as the priesthood of believers, hmm. as his disciples sent to go and make more disciples wherever we go. Not once in a while, not a select class of professionals, all of us. And if it, since... You know, you're saying, well, what are some examples? We're not seeing the priesthood of believers all super engaged in the mission of filling the world with God's glory. Sure. That's old covenant. Yeah. That's old covenant. There was just a select few. There was just the Levites. I don't want to live that way. And I don't want to see people living that way. You know, what's weird is as you're saying that I was thinking about the church that I just left working for. And I remember a situation where there was a group of people downstairs having a meeting that wanted to take communion. And they were told you're not allowed to administer communion without the pastor there. And so they're all desiring to take communion together, and the pastor's schedule's too busy, and so he can't do it. So they, they don't get the... Even though Jesus said, do this every time you get together. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just, I'm like paling that. And I knew that rubbed me the wrong way, and now that makes sense, going like, it's this, an old covenant it, type of model. It's exactly what it is. And someone said, well, that's just the polity of our church. Yeah, but where does it come from? Yeah. It, People are so selective. We believe little bits and pieces about the cross and the new covenant in Jesus' blood, but we kind of shove it down the line of history until he gets back again. But we live like we're still under the old covenant. Yeah. And that's another example of it. It's like, no, 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 you can't do, you can't do any, quote, priestly duties because yeah. you haven't been to the right school, haven't been, you know, gone through being grilled by a bunch of other people and, you know, getting special yeah. thing after your Priest name. goes on vacation for two weeks and the whole thing oh shuts down. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hopefully so, that gives people uh, some really good food for thought, you know? Yeah, like, are they living under old covenant as a church or as a leader, yeah. right? How are you leading your people to live out their life in light of the new covenant? Yeah, that's so, huge. It's huge, man. It yeah. really is. So hopefully that gets that sets you to thinking. And again, you know, come on Facebook, push back all you want, or jump on with more examples of what it looks yeah. like. Because this is going to open up people's minds a little bit to go like, wait a minute, I've never understood that. Yeah. In you know, in the church or in my experience or the way I felt. That's totally old covenant. I'm not believing that Jesus has come, that his life, death, yeah. and resurrection has now set us free. We are the priesthood of believers. We're sent ones out on this eternal purpose of filling the world with his glory, what God's like. Jesus is the glory of the Father. Right? We get to. Yeah. Oh, it's so big. So I anyway. hope too that anyone who's I know we have a lot of pastors and church planners and and church lay leadership that listen to the show. And I really hope it's a, this is a challenge for them too, to really stop and re-examine like, why are you doing certain things? Like, why are you accepting certain traditions blindly or why don't things happen? Because- And Jesus warned against that, right? They were, the Pharisees were like hammering him on some stuff. Yeah. He goes, but why do you hold to your traditions when they're not even, you don't understand? Like, yeah. I'm here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I think so often we look at what we do and go like, well, that's just our denom or that's just sure. our tradition. But to live under the old covenant is to deny the cross, yeah. which is what makes us Christian. Yeah, exactly. That changes everything. Right? <laughs> so don't claim to be the, the church, but then live under the old covenant. See, the church never lived under the old covenant. Hmm. Not a little, not a moment. 
And we have some examples of this where Paul and Peter and some of the others in Jerusalem were having sure. a wrangle around this because they were trying to stuff them under the old covenant, but then sort of wink, wink, wink nudge, love Jesus too. And you're like, you know, it's, it can't be both. Yeah, the church is never under the old covenant. Huh. It is finished. We live in a new covenant. God keeps both sides of the agreement. It's good. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Jam-packed uh, oh, man. podcast here. Hey, let's get to the big three, which are the big three uh, takeaways we give to people. If nothing else, we want you to walk away with for the show or like our thoughts. That yeah, don't miss of. these things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you can get a printable PDF of the big three as a free download by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three, B-I-G three. Caesar, what are the big three for this week? I think these are good talking points too. So, you know, sure. I don't know how often, you know, if you're a regular listener, you download the big three or whatever, it's free, right? You can get it. But part of why we do this is because, you know, and I know pe people who, you know, they write into the show and they say, yeah. you know, I print off the big three and my wife and I discuss it every week or I, my staff at church yeah, that I lead, cool. we talk through it and it's just, it's packed, right? Yeah. So here's the big, here's the first of the big three. Don't miss this. The old covenant was a come and see reality. The new covenant sends us to go and make. Hmm. New covenant churches and believers are focused on making disciples who increasingly fill the world with disciples of Jesus, who is the glory of God. So let's believe what God now says is true of us and truly live like his family of missionary servants and seek to fill the world, not just our church buildings, with his glory. Amen. Okay. I want to talk about world change, man. Get out of the building. I know, right? Yeah. And you can see why at the beginning we said, yeah, this is a theological issue. Yeah. All right. Next one. The completed work of Christ in his shed blood has secured your forever place in the family and as part of the royal priesthood of believers. Hmm. So we no longer need to stand outside the party and wait as others do the work or for the priest to come off vacation. Like yeah. you said. The kingdom of God has come and we all get to enjoy the life that Jesus has provided for us. His life lived now. Yep. Even as you're talking, I was thinking about how much more fun church would be. Like if you were actually living church as a, services, you mean? Like the church, the body gathered, oh. like just like getting together, oh, yeah. living life. Yeah, it's, Amen. It's just beautiful this way. The new covenant, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's amazing. Because <laughs> it it's all done, right? Yeah. Like, woo, pressure's up. All right, oh, number three. Number three. Um, if the bulk of ministry happens and is primarily focused in the church building once or twice a week, you may be laboring under the old covenant. Hmm. Okay. So if that's, if that's your reality, chances are you're still laboring under the old covenant, which yeah. sucks. Um, life and opportunities to enjoy our authority and privilege as God's kids and serve as the priesthood is happening in every home and neighborhood and every city and nation on earth. Yeah. And a few hours a week hiding away in a building was not what Jesus came to die for. So ask yourself, in what ways can we begin as a church or as a family to truly live in light of the new covenant and what Jesus has promised is now true of us. Hmm. Like, don't take this lightly. Yeah. Don't just let this scratch in the back of your head. Please have this conversation as leaders, as a family. Oh, I'm just thinking too about how, how many people, how many pastors do you know that are just riddled with guilt and shame because they think they have to pull off the very thing that Jesus has never called us to. I mean, they're dying it, it's already done. in ministry. It's like, yeah, you can do the diagnostic and talk to them. It's like, what's killing you? This, this, this. The pressure old I have covenant to have... stuff. You don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. It's done. Like, what, why? <laughs> and they're, well, they're... that's what everybody expects. I'm like, but no, then, it's then not even you accurate. discounted the cross. You yeah. discounted the cross. Then we're not even church. We're not the, we're not the church. We're not Christians. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to start preaching again. All right, time's up. <laughs> I like it when you do. <laughs> okay. 
I hope you'll join me again next week and every week as we continue to look at how discipleship fits into all of life and how you can lead others in this way of life, making it fun and reproducible as you go. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day. 